today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. What are NFTs and why are people paying millions for them? And this is going on for quite some time. The artist Grimes recently sold a bunch of NFTs for nearly $6 million. Uh, LeBron James, uh, making a historic dunk for the Lakers, garnered more than $200,000. So what exactly is happening, and how is it influencing uh, what's happening, well, with the arts, but with other endeavors as well? Uh, to talk about this, uh, so pleased to welcome back to the program, Alan Cross. Alan, of course, is the host of The Ongoing History of New Music. Uh, Alan, great to have you back on the show. Hope you're doing well these days. Oh, yes. This whole NFT thing is making my head hurt, though. <laughs> uh, I, I don't want this to, to evolve into a, a tutorial about NFTs, but maybe you could explain to our, our listeners a little bit about exactly what we are talking about. All right. An NFT stands, that stands for non-fungible token, and it means something original, a one-of-a-kind thing that lives ex- exclusively in the virtual world. So put it another way, uh, it is like getting a band poster that you can't hang on your wall because it doesn't exist in the real world. It is, however, the original. Well, let's take another example. The Mona Lisa, which is hanging in the Louvre, is priceless. That original Leonardo da Vinci painting has, there's only one. There are many, many copies of it. The copies aren't as valuable as the original. So an NFT is that original Mona Lisa. It is tied to uh, a a cryptocurrency called Ethereum, which means it's tied to the blockchain, which means I've just lost everybody. <laughs> yeah, but you start getting into the terminology here, you know, about uh, about non-fungible tokens, etc. But uh, your description, I think, is very apt. And, and maybe the best example is the arts. I mean, you know, a, a painting that's created or a, a piece of music that's created, uh, there's no comparison. As, as you say, as a, you know, I've got a $10 bill in, in our currency. Uh, I can do that. I can exchange that for, you know, a, you know, two fives or whatever the case might be. But you can't exchange a, a Da Vinci a piece of art or, or, or a composition by Bob Dylan. I mean, that's Bob Dylan, and, and there is no equal to that composition. Right, but the difference is that you own the original version of that composition, of that piece of art. And that ownership is forever enshrined in the blockchain, which, again, we won't get into. But it makes, regardless of whether this thing exists in the real world or not, it is yours. And and that can be tracked back to you via this electronic ledger. Uh, You have the right to do certain things with it. You can display it. You may be able to make certain copies of a certain number of copies of it, but whatever it is, your ownership is restricted by whatever the artist says you can do with it. So, for example, you could, like a painting, hang on to it and then flip it later for a profit, but then the artist, the original artist, gets a piece of that action. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's much more uh, tightly controlled or at least tightly linked back to the original artist for this thing. I, I know some people are saying, well, why don't you just, you know, copy it, just so you right-click and just copy it and, and get your... That's like getting a bootleg copy of an album as opposed to the original uh, tapes from the studio. Yeah, that's exactly what you're getting. There, there was somebody that did a concert in Massachusetts over the weekend, and that concert, the un, the, the mastered, uh, unedited master tapes of that show are being auctioned off as an NFT, which means whoever buys it can monetize it whichever way they want. They have the rights to the whole thing. Uh, you know, rights, of course, being a non-fungible thing. You can't see rights unless you read it out in the contract. 
um, and the artist would have got the proceeds from the auction for that sale. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. As you start to look at examples of it like that, I understand, for instance, the uh, uh, the Kings of Leon's uh, new album is actually going to be released in the form of an NFT, uh, which opens up the, d- the discussion, Alan, about what the impact this can have on the music industry, what's, like so many other industries, has been crippled because of the pandemic. Uh, this looks like an opportunity for them. So let's back up here. Yeah, the Kings of Leon album came out last uh, earlier this month, and it came with a couple of uh, NFT offerings. Uh, one of which, actually six of which, were basically golden tickets to super VIP treatment at an upcoming Kings of Leon show whenever they get back on tour. Uh, you can uh, One of those sold for $150,000. Now, this has created a tremendous amount of new revenue for a certain number of artists. In the past month or so, about 25 or $30 million has been made by artists offering up NFTs. There was also a visual artist by the name of Beeple, who sold a painting, an original work that he created back in 1981, he sold a digital version of that for $69 million. (laughs) So, you know, people are are doing well with these things. However, we have to look at, uh, okay, it's a source of revenue for all kinds of artists, or at least the early adopters. And there's a whole long list of them that have done quite well with this. The other problem, the problem is, though, that these things are... (sighs) Their, their, their value will fluctuate based on the market. Mm-hmm. The best example, the best uh, analogy I can give you are Beanie Babies. Back in the day, people were spending insane amounts of money for, for the rare Beanie Babies. But then after a while, people got tired of Beanie Babies. The market collapsed, and people were left with closets and closets and closets full of these things that they paid a lot of money for that are basically worthless. The market will only pay what the market will pay. So in the case of NFTs, if you have a $150,000 golden ticket to a Kings of Leon show, well, that's what the market will pay now. What is that ticket worth You know, six months down the road, a year down the road, or, or whatever? We don't know. Um, and we also have to look at who's buying. Why would anybody be motivated to spend uh, you know, $69 million on a virtual painting or $150,000 on a concert ticket? Or in the case of uh, another guy, he spent $888,000.88 on on something. Um, Most of the people that are doing the buying are those who got into the whole Bitcoin cryptocurrency thing early. So they have huge positions in cryptocurrency. Um, I don't know what Bitcoin is worth today, but it's it's probably over $50,000. So if you got in early and you were buying Bitcoin at, you know, 10 bucks a shot, well, your $10 Bitcoin is now worth $50,000. If you had 100 Bitcoins, you're, you've got a lot of money. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like, it's, it's, like, it's not real money in the sense that, you know, it's, it's, it's something that, that you bought a little while ago. It increased in, in a huge amount of value, uh, and, and you, can, you can play with it. So a lot of the purchasers are Bitcoin, are Bitcoin or, or cryptocurrency kings who are just playing with this found money. And whether or not this will ever translate into real-world money, and I know I'm going to anger a lot of cryptocurrency people by saying that, if this will translate into something in the real world, it's still to be determined. 
Yeah, I, I know some people are trying to draw the analogy with monopoly money, but no, this this is this has a currency, uh, and and like you say, you can actually get something to this, but it's it's all done in a, a, a different dimension, I guess, to, to use some people's phrases like this. But uh, it's it, it's a like a game to them. But I mean, it's the gamble. I mean, as you say, they, I talked about the uh, the LeBron James picture, you know, from the Los Angeles Lakers. Five years from now, who cares? I mean, nobody may care a thing about that. So all of a sudden, whatever you spent for that thing is is basically a waste of money well yeah i just looked up uh bitcoin is trading at uh, seventy one thousand five hundred ninety three dollars and 91 cents canadian so if you got in early and you made a ton of money i mean you can just play with it you can go buy other things you know if, if you, you can buy stuff with this found money that lives like you say in this other dimension and have a good time with it and not necessarily you know lose any real world money on it again this is a real currency. You can exchange this currency for goods and services. Uh, but if you came across, it's like an inheritance that just dropped in your lap and you've got all this funny money that you can play with. Well, why not? And, and for those that are in the, in this world of the cryptocurrency world, I mean, and the Bitcoin, of course, is, is not quite the same. It's, it's not fungible. I mean, cause it, you, you can get Bitcoin. There is something you can exchange for that. You can't do this, uh, with NFTs. What impact is this going to have on, on the entertainment industry and, and, uh, for people that are willing to pay big bucks? And you and I have talked about this in the past about, uh, even, you know, to use our monetary system, there are people, Alan, that have paid ungodly amounts of money uh, for uh, rock memorabilia, for tickets to shows, exclusive tickets, and things of this nature. Uh, this this opens up some doors for them to do this sort of thing, as you say, with, without actually having to dip into their own bank account in situations like this. But is it really only for the elites in, in, in a situation like this, or is this something that's going to be more widespread in time? I think it might be more widespread in time if the bubble doesn't burst. I've talked to a couple of people within the industry, and, and the sudden interest in NFTs over the last, really, two months has exploded. The problem is that you're getting a lot of newbies and rookies into this and not really sure exactly how this should be handled. And I don't think a lot of us know how it, it should be handled because this is a new frontier. Uh, it is in, in, a, in a new form of currency. It is selling things that people may not entirely understand just yet. Um, so so the, the, the issue is that this could be soured by people getting into this too early without really knowing exactly what they're getting into. That was the caution I got from a guy in Vancouver who uh, has advised a number of artists on, on, this, uh, on getting into uh, NFTs. However, given that it could be a very, very lucrative form of revenue in an age when revenue has dropped to almost zero because of streaming, nobody's buying albums anymore, and because of COVID, nobody's touring anymore, this, this could turn out to be very, very important. Um, but again, it's only going to be for certain artists with certain infrastructure, certain advice, and a fan base who may want to go out there and, and spend their, their newfound uh, cryptocurrency wealth on what they have to offer. Uh, it could be something small, like Deadmau5, for example, the Canadian EDM artist, uh, he's been selling things like pins and posters and uh, little things that you would normally buy at the merchandise stand at a concert. Other people like Kings of Leon have been selling $150,000 concerts. Other people have been selling, you know, master tapes for uh, a whole album. There's a, an artist named Clarion who uh, has released an album and it's $100,000 for anybody who wants to uh, buy the whole thing from him outright, all publishing, all rights in perpetuity from here on in. So, uh, and, and, you know, there's so many, I, I, every day I sit down in the morning and I go through all my newsletters and I see another artist 
that's getting involved in this sort of thing. Um, and I've yet to see somebody really crash and burn yet, but we haven't maybe heard that story yet. But are you going to see, as you mentioned, some of the bigger names doing this? I mean, because it seems to be almost contrary to, to what they've been trying. I mean, the, you know, the, the Garth Brookses and the Springsteens that have been actually trying to make their concerts and their music more available to, to everyday people as opposed to the elite, uh, you know, through, you know, concert ticket sales and, and some of the stuff, that, the hoarding that was going on then. This, this seems to fly in the face of that. I can't see people like that jumping on board with this. I don't know. Um, right now, it's it's still in its infancy. Not a lot of people really understand what's going on. And how long did it take me to try and paint a picture of what NFTs are with you? I mean, it's 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 not something yeah. that you can just say, "Hey, I got this thing. You want to buy it? What do you mean it doesn't exist? Well, it exists really, but you own the copy. Uh, you own the, the original copy. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means this, 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 and this. Well. Why can't anybody just right-click and copy an image? You know that kind of thing. So it's hard to understand for the for the for a regular person. I think it needs to go through. A, a, I think it needs some some brand development. Put it that way. You need somebody to actually help the world understand what's going on in, in a very simple way, and maybe with some simple examples that have that have worked. The, the simplest ones are the you know super VIP concert treatment that that Kings of Leon is understanding because you can understand that. For, yeah. you know, it went up for, for auction. Somebody bid $150,000. And for that $150,000, you get this, 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 and this, and this. Uh, if you wish to flip that, if you wish to sell it to somebody else, well, you can. Um, and that will be recorded in the blockchain. And Kings of Leon will get a little bit of the purchase price if it is, in fact, a profit. If it's a loss, I'm not really sure what happens. Well, yeah, you just touched on one of the key elements here. You know, what's going to be in it for the artist? I mean, that has to be part of this too, is uh, to be determined. You know, percentages of and and we're used to that in in the tangible world. You know, you know if they sell an LP or if they sell a whatever CD, whatever whatever format they were using at that time, we know that's a separate. This is going to the songwriters. This is going to the artists. Uh, this is going to the record companies, etc. But that that's that's still a gray area here, isn't it? It is, it, and, and uh, again, you can bet though that record labels are looking at this um, because it could be it could be a way for the labels to make some money because they have something called uh, 300, 360 deals, which means the label gets a piece of the action of anything an artist may do, from album sales to streaming to T-shirt sales to concert revenue. Um, <clears throat> so they're, they're looking at this very closely because it could be a new source of revenue for them. And, and you got to figure this is something they they are going to analyze quite seriously. I mean, the, the industry's in in a, a terrible form right now. But there's nothing going on. I mean, one of my listeners found that you're going to be on the program today. The first thing they said, when are they going to start concerts again? I said, well, I'll, I'll ask Alan, but I, I wouldn't think anytime soon. I know that some areas have opened up again, uh, and business as usual. Places like Texas and Florida is trying to do the same thing. But uh, have you heard of any artists that are willing to, to take a chance and go back on the road at this stage, Alan? Uh, not in Canada. Uh, there are some closed sh shows that are happening. There is a, uh, an experiment that was happening in, in Ottawa or going to happen in Ottawa, but it's not going to happen now because they've moved back to the red zone. Uh, it is, it's, it's tough. The, the issue is one of vaccine um, distribution. In the yeah. UK, they believe that they can go back to business as usual sometime after the 21st of June, which is pretty optimistic, but we'll see. Um, Glastonbury, which was canceled uh, for June, um, may have a one-off event coming in September. Uh, Coachella, another big event, which is supposed to happen in April. 
It's been moved a third time uh, and will probably happen um, next April, so in 2022. People are, are going to be very, very cautious about this because who wants to get back into a room with a bunch of sweaty strangers right up against you at a time when the variants are really starting to pick up? Uh, I mean, just today we had 1,699 new cases in Ontario, which is mm-hmm. way too high. Uh, so it's hard to say because, again, you know, one of the big issues is one of liability. If a place opens a show, uh, opens for shows, and you go to it and you get sick, well, can you sue that venue for not taking the appropriate chances? Does any waiver that you sign going in actually carry any legal weight? Uh, if you did sign a waiver, did they live up to the... Um, promises that they were going to uh, that they had made about things like sanitizing stations and social distancing and masking and all the rest of it I, you know you don't know people are very 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 uh, cautious right now and the, the more people I talk to the more tell me that no I'm not going back for quite some time because I want to be assured that I'm not going to get sick well, in the meantime, I'll just keep hanging on to my two tickets for the uh, postponed Pearl Jam concert at First Ontario Centre, because someday uh, they will return, Alan. I know they will. That was one of the very first shows canceled uh, yeah. in March of uh, last... What's the date today? Today is the uh, 22nd. It's yeah. almost a year ago to the day. That's right, yeah. Uh, and, of course, I got the Arcales tickets, too. So, I mean, I'm, I'm waiting. It's going to happen eventually. So, hope springs eternal. Uh, Alan, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for spending some time with us today. I appreciate it. You bet. No, anytime. Take care. Alan Cross, host of the Ongoing History of New Music. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.